0: Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Mackenzie campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect
1: with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. Uh, look, before I open God's Word today, I just really love to pray for us as a church family. I've just heard many reports of people that are really doing it tough with sickness at the moment. All types of different sickness that seems to be hitting people uh, in their homes. And, uh, and it's, it's a difficult time for many. And I just love us to pray for our church family. Perhaps in your home at the moment, that's not the case. But there is just a bunch of people across Gateway that right now need our faith and prayers to reach out to them. Could you join with me as we just believe that God's miracle healing power would just move on people's lives wherever they are right now in their homes? Right across this city let's just pray together God in Jesus name we know you are the great healer and father we pray for every life every person that's hearing the sound of my voice father every person that's part of this church God those that need a healing touch from you we pray today God that your healing hand would move on their lives in Jesus name Lord let the power of sickness be broken in our church community right now in Jesus name Father, we pray for a release, restoration to flow into people's bodies and into their lives right now. Let strength that comes from you, God, flow right now into people's lives, I pray. In Jesus' wonderful name. I also just want to pray while we're praying for the sick. I just, in in preparing for the message, really felt to pray for people with migraines today. There may even be someone uh, lying in a bed somewhere in a house where you are right now, who's suffering right now from those migraines. I just love to pray against that migraine and that God, the power of God would break those repetitive cyclical things that happen in people's lives as well. Let's just continue to pray. If that person's in your house right now and it's able to lay hands on them as I pray, that'd be a good thing to do too right now. Let's just pray. Father, we just break the power of migraines in Jesus' name. God, where the migraine would come, it's so debilitating. The pain is so intense. Father, we pray for whatever the source or the cause of that to be broken right now in Jesus' name. Father, we ask you for the release of your power, that power, Lord, that can break the power and curse of sin and sickness. Right now, Lord, release people from pain. God, release people from the cycle of migraines, we pray. Lord, that your miracle power go out and touch lives right now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If that's you or you know someone that was just prayed for or was touched or healed in any way, we'd love to hear from you. Please, at some point, shoot us an email. Let us know as a church about how their journey's going. We'd love to celebrate with you as we do that. Well, look, I trust you're enjoying our faith at work series at the moment. We're doing a journey through the book of James. I think it's an exciting and very instructive book talking about how we can actually bring our faith alive, that faith without works is dead. And James is very clear about how that we can take the inner world of our faith and bring it alive so that others can see the demonstration of that faith. We're going to look today at another portion of scripture in James. It's James chapter 4 and verse 7. If you've got your Bibles, Please open that up with me in your lounge rooms, wherever you are. However, if not, I'm sure it'll come up on the screen. You'll be able to follow along with me. James 4 and verse 7 says, Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He will lift you up. Submit to God and resist the devil. That's what I want to look at out of this scripture today. God is calling us into wholeness all the time, and the devil wants to resist that journey into wholeness. God wants to see you free, full of peace and joy. God wants to see your life abounding in good things. But the devil wants the exact opposite for that. If he can block that from coming into your life or entering your life, he will, and he'll do all that he can to see that blocked. And we're going to look today about how to release into your life more of the wholeness of God, that we could walk more in the wholeness of God, more consistently as people, and find greater success in doing that. I love James because he doesn't waste his words. Where where you read Paul, Paul's quite eloquent, quite wordy at times, but James just comes straight out. He says, submit to God and resist the devil. In the book of James, we see there's something powerful that we release in our lives when we surrender and submit to God. In fact, it's only through surrender, the act of surrender, that we can actually enter into the ways of God. So, The good news is that when we do surrender to God, we automatically resist the devil. Our surrender to God defeats the efforts of the enemy. And so the two are linked. So it's not so much let's resist the devil as much as let's surrender to God as we do. We will resist the devil. Submit to God. That word submit in the Greek is a word called hupotasso. It's two words and it means under authority. Under authority. God's authority is supreme. We have an authority that God said we've been given, but where God asks us to submit our authority under His. So we submit to Him. We let His authority be the authority that we live our lives to. Submission to God. It's the same word that was used by the centurion. When the centurion came to Jesus to remember and his servant was ill, and he said, look, don't come to my home, just speak the word, for I am a man under authority. I have men that I command to come here and come there, and they do, and that they do as I ask them to do. If you will speak the word, I know my servant will be healed. And Jesus said, I, I've never seen such incredible faith in all of Israel. Submission under authority. We are people that live not to our own authority, but to God's authority. It should be no surprise to us then that Satan's entire remit is to interrupt this posture of surrender. This is where he gains his advantage. He tries to pull our thinking into this idea that our ways are higher than God's ways. In other words, Satan's temptation is more, no, no, don't don't listen to that. You know better. Think about what you're doing here. Reason it through in your mind. You come to your conclusions. Don't throw away your critical thinking. Take control of your life by taking control of the way you're thinking. And so the devil would try to get us imprisoned in the only reference point for the authority in our lives is us. How we determine things. What we, our perceptions are deciding is the way forward. We see a great example of this in the Garden of Eden when the serpent came to Eve to tempt her. The devil's temptation was a thought process that doubted the goodness and faithfulness of God. The devil said, did God really say? Don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Yeah, but did God really say that? I mean, if you do it, God knows you'll become like him. So what the devil's thought, the seed of doubt is God's holding something back from you, Eve. Like, you know, he's holding something back. You need to check that out for yourself. Don't trust what God says. You work it out for yourself. You determine whether that's true or not. And in that temptation, in that seed, is the taking of authority from God, submitting to God, and now I become the authority in my own life. I had a really interesting example of this. I was thinking about this whole idea of submission. And a strange sort of memory came back to mind. I remembered being a child and we used to camp for six weeks down at Palm Beach in our caravan with uh, our, my family and, and my sister, mum and dad and a whole bunch of other families. And I remember we'd come up to the caravan park, the exit to the caravan park. We'd be, have all of our, our stuff, our floaties on. We'd have our ring. We'd have our boards. We are going to boogie boards. We are going to get in the surf. We'd be caked up with sunscreen and we're going to cross the road. It was four lanes of traffic Crossing from Palm Beach Caravan Park across to the two lanes to get to the middle aisle, then another two lanes to get across to the other side where you could go through the surf club and down to the beach. And I remember as kids, we'd, we'd get to the edge of the road and there'd be two lanes to cross before the middle island, and you could smell the sand, you could smell the salt air, and you could just feel the excitement as a kid rising, like, we're almost at the beach. We're almost there. And everything inside us wanted to run across the road. We just wanted to get there as quick as we can. And mum and dad would grip our hands and they'd say, stay with me, hold my hand. Don't go any quicker than me. You'll get there, but wait. But our child, the, the childish mind says, no, 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 you're holding me back. I, what I want is across the road. But I couldn't see. I didn't understand. I was too young. I didn't have the knowledge, the foreknowledge, to see the lanes of traffic and the danger that was in front of me. And I think this is often like us with God. We we don't have foreknowledge. As as human beings, we believe we've seen everything. We believe we understand everything. We believe we're seeing the end from the beginning, but the reality is we, we are not. God knows best. And our trust in Him, we can rest in Him. And we learn how to submit. We learn how to bring our hearts to God and submit to Him so that as we submit to Him, we learn His ways. There's one thing I want to build this sermon around today. I'd love you to hear this. If you forget everything else, hear this one thought, that God has created you with the perfect capacity to surrender to Him. God doesn't command us to do something that's impossible for us to do. The great commandment of Scripture is this, to love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. That's the commandment of Scripture. God wouldn't say, do that, if you couldn't do that. That would be cruel. He is a good father. He is a faithful father. He doesn't command his kids to do things that's impossible. But God's commanding it because he knows this is the best thing for the human heart. God's dream for us is to live our lives in safety, in inspiration, and in the power that comes from that commandment. It's the healthiest place for us to live from, yet strangely it seems to be the hardest place to get to. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart. Be fully surrendered, in other words, in your affections, in the things you long for, in whatever your vision is for the good life. What you see as the thing that is most desirous to you. Surrender that. Surrender that to God. Let that dream actually come out of God rather than the other way around. Surrender your mind. Let all your thoughts, your thoughts about Him, your thoughts about yourself, your thoughts about others, let those thoughts be surrendered to Him. Love Him with your mind. Love Him with your soul. Love Him with your will, your choices, your emotional life. That those things come out of the wholeness and fullness of God. Love Him fully with your soul and love Him with your strength. What's your strength? Well, your strength is your body, the work that you do, the career, the direction that you move in, your wealth, the things that are built around you in the natural world that you actually participate in. Love Him with your participation with the things that you do, the things that you build in your life. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul and strength. God knows that from this place of full surrender, we will have power over the devil because he no longer has power over us. See, that's the key in surrender. The key of surrender is that as we surrender to God, as our affections are surrendered to God, there's no place left for the enemy to have control over us our resistance of the enemy becomes automatic because our heart is fully surrendered to something else and when we're in that place we're untouchable we are protected we are safe because we only want what God wants for us and that's the place God wants to draw us into see the major focus of the Christian life is actually entering into the mind of Christ God wants us to enter into the mind of Christ. So as we're going through life and we we go through circumstance, we experience the things of life, we actually experience it by taking it and filtering it through the way Jesus sees it. So we're not just forming our own judgments about what we see. We're not forming attitudes. We're not forming mindsets, strongholds of thought, patterns of thinking that we determine are the right ways. But instead, we're yielding that inner space to the mind of Christ. So we actually walk according to the mind of Christ. Let's just take a step back for a minute because the Bible says a wonderful promise to each one of us that by grace we have been saved. By grace we have been saved. It's a wonderful gift that God offers to all of humankind. And if today you're watching this, And you don't know that personal gift. You don't know what it means to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, where he is your friend, where he'll walk with you and guide you and look after you and watch over you. And you can speak to him as a person would speak to his friend. If you don't know that relationship with God, it's available for you. And it's a free gift. And when you ask him into your life, the gift of God is that he will come into your life and make his home with you. And it's the first step in a wonderful journey of getting to know God. So when God says, though, that we're saved, what is it about us that's saved? Is it our body that's saved, for example? Now, I think if we just use our common sense, you go and have a good look in the mirror, uh, or at least I can, you'll know that your body doesn't look saved. I mean, you wouldn't use deodorant if your body was saved. You know your body, the more you use it, the more you're wearing it out. So clearly, our body is not saved. Is it our mind that's saved? Well, I don't know what's inside your mind, but my mind's capable of some pretty wild thinking at times. Sometimes it's Mother Teresa in there and I feel like I'm serving God well. And other times it's Ned Kelly, you know, and I've got these two kind of forces that are working in my mind. I don't know about yours, but I know my mind is not saved. So when God says, by grace, you have been saved, what is it about me that's saved? Well, the Bible's really clear that we are a spirit. We have a soul and we live in a body. And so when we ask Jesus to come into our life, the Holy Spirit comes into our spirit. We are born again. Uh, uh, Peter talks about the incorruptible seed. We are born of an incorruptible seed. In other words, we can no longer be corrupted because that spirit inside us has been renewed with new life in God. That spirit will live forever with God because our spirit has come alive to God. The Holy Spirit makes his home with us. And from that first point of surrender, that first moment we surrender, we enter into the kingdom of God. And quite honestly, it's that same pattern of surrender now that brings every aspect of the kingdom of God alive from then on in. So our spirit is born again instantly, but the rest of us is now learning to be born again. There's a saying that we often say in the church, we are saved, but we're also being saved. And through that same act of surrender, we're learning the ways of the kingdom of God. The Holy Spirit comes and begins to teach us. He is our great teacher. We're waking up to a whole new pattern of truth. Paul says that the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So the kingdom of God is not an external thing. It's not eating and drinking. It's not stuff. It's not the stuff around you that satisfies you. It's actually an inner world. It's an inner world of righteousness, peace and joy. And when the Holy Spirit comes into our hearts, we now get a glimpse that actually we've been focused on the wrong goals. The human heart's always wanted peace and joy. We'll do anything to get peace and joy. We'll, we'll climb the highest mountain. We'll challenge ourselves in the greatest way. We'll accumulate wealth. We'll, we'll, we'll do all kinds of adrenaline sports. We'll, we'll sit on mountaintops. We'll sit in yoga positions. We'll walk through the bush. Whatever we've got to do, we want peace. And somewhere in the midst of the peace, we want to enjoy. We want to enjoy the life that we've been given. And we, we do go to incredible lengths to find that goal. But actually, the kingdom of God points us in a different direction. It's an inner journey. And it's a journey that we get guided by the Holy Spirit. And only God can truly tell me how to find the thing that I really want. And my soul now needs to learn the ways of God. My spirit has been born again, but my mind, my emotions, my will has to learn a new pattern. And so we now begin the journey of surrender. The kingdom of God is not external things. The kingdom of God is firstly righteousness. When Paul talks about righteousness, he's saying before you even get peace and joy, you've got to come through righteousness. See, what is righteousness? Righteousness is the fact that between me and God now, we have a clear relationship. There's no sin that stops me from coming before my Father in heaven. He's taken away the things that would stop that relationship from happening. He's given me right standing, the word means. I am now in right standing with God. It means I'm now able to enter into relationship with God. The challenge is my soul needs to learn what that means. My soul's trying to earn its way to God. My soul's trying to strive its way to God. My soul is trying to perform its way to God. My soul is trying to accumulate its way to God. It's got all kinds of patterns, but that's not going to get me to God. What I really need to do is realize the gift of righteousness I've been given probably one of the two great questions that that the gift of righteousness offers us is it says, well, who is God? And then what is my relationship with Him? Because until I answer those two questions, who is God and what is my relationship with Him, I can't really find who I am. My great creator has made me. If He's made me, He's made me for a purpose. But I've got to know who He is so that I know who I am so that I know where my standing is with him and, and how I can relate to him and how I can come to him as a father. Righteousness. And out of righteousness flows a true peace. Because if I'm at peace with God, now I can be at peace with man. I can be at peace with my fellow brethren, people around me. I can If I've got peace, I can offer peace. If my hurts have been healed, now I can heal others. You've ever heard the saying that says, hurt people, hurt people. And so when we come to God, we come to a place where God heals our inner world. And now we're able to come to a different place of giving and we're able to create peace in the world around us because we have peace with God. Peace defines the quality of my relationships with others. See, God wants quality in your relationships. He wants you to have a, a sense of depth and intimacy and vulnerability that allows your relationships to be nourishment to you. God knows that it's not just a relationship with Him that helps you prosper in this life. It's relationship with others. And God wants those relationships healed. He wants you whole in those relationships. And so I need to be able to come to Him and surrender my previous pattern of thinking that says I'm unworthy or are not able to receive from God and actually find reconciliation with God. And for many people, that can be a great journey. It can be a difficult journey. You know, I think about the prodigal son who was in the pigsty. He was thinking that he'd gone as low as he possibly could go. He was with pigs. He's a good Jewish boy. That's a bad place to be. And he's eating the food of the pigs. And the Bible says he comes to himself. In other words, he reflects on his position in relationship to the family that he has left. He thinks about his father and the best dream he can come up with is he says, well, even if I was a servant in my father's house, I'd be doing better than this. Why don't I go back and ask dad if I can be a servant? See, that's what brokenness does. Brokenness will, get, will allow you to dream, but it puts a ceiling on what really is true. But we know the story because he goes back to his father. His father doesn't make him a servant. The father puts a robe and a ring on him and says, you are my son, come into a feast. I'm going to restore all things to you. You are a son to me in my house. Here is my authority. My ring is my authority. I'm putting on you my robe, which is my acceptance of you. You are son to me. You can act as son to me, not as servant. And so the father completely transforms the inner view of the son that the son had of himself. And that's the journey God wants for us. As we submit to God, we actually start to throw away and discard all this baggage that we've been carrying, this stuff that we've been saying to ourselves is the best we can hope for. God comes to us and says, no, no, no. Wholeness in me means acceptance by me fully. And if you can grasp with us today as I'm preaching, you're going to see God, God actually wants to stand you up on your legs. He wants to fill you with His Spirit. He wants to say to you, you are worthy of all that He has. Say so That's the message that God wants to put in you. And your inner world will come into incredible alignment with God once that happens. And peace starts to flow from that righteousness. And then joy. What is joy? Joy is connected to purpose. The Bible said that for the joy that was set before him, Jesus endured the cross. There's there's no way in the world that the cross made Jesus happy. Happiness was not something he experienced. Happiness and joy are completely different things. Jesus wasn't happy about the cross, but there was a joy in him that he was looking at as he endured the cross. Joy is connected to purpose. Joy is connected to the meaning, the reason why you are here, that the significance of your life is connected to joy. Happiness comes and goes, but purpose says, I mean something, I matter to someone. I'm here to achieve something that no one else can achieve. Jesus knew that he was the only one that could achieve that purpose, but it gave him joy to know he was fulfilling the Father's purpose. And that's for you and me. You and I have that same ability. As we come with God, as we become clean before God, as we find peace with God, God doesn't want you just statically enjoying life. God wants to give you purpose because He knows purpose will actually engage you. Purpose will fulfill you. Purpose will actually satisfy you because it's an innate part of what makes us human. But only God's purpose can truly give us joy. See, there's a cycle of faith that happens inside us through the process of submission and surrender. It's a cycle of faith. Romans 12 and verse 2 says this, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. See, as we surrender to God, there is a transformation that happens on the inside of our hearts. And that transformation allows us to prove something. The word prove in the Greek means learn by doing. It actually means that we, by, as we start to action the things of God in our lives, we actually start to prove the voice of God. We start to know, well, what is God's will? there's a good part of the will of God. There is an acceptable part of the will of God. And there's a perfect part of the will of God. And it's almost like, you know, there's a good, acceptable, perfect. And so God will try to bring us into a place where we're actually engaged in the perfect will of God. It's a process. We start to learn things. God, it's like when we see our kids start to walk. You know, they, they stumble, they fall over, and they bang their head, and they get up, and they cry, and they try again. And we're constantly encouraging them. It's not perfect walking yet, but every effort gets encouraged. And God's doing the same with us. But as we prove, as we surrender to him, we start to get a clarity about the voice of God in our lives. We start to hear and see things of the kingdom of God that we never saw before. And now we begin to grow. And as we grow and we start to put into action those things we've surrendered to, we build a testimony before God. God starts to come through. We start to see the hand of God in our life, all around us, in the relationships we we have and the things we're doing. God is proving himself. He's faithful. And so our testimony is growing. We're starting to say, well, I I don't just know about God anymore. I know God. God is turning up in my life. God is participating in my life. I'm participating in his life. And our testimony of faith is growing. What does that do that actually gets us ready for increased capacity of faith? Because if God can do it yesterday, he can do it today and he can do it tomorrow. And so as we grow in God, the longer we walk with God, the more confidence we have that God is with us and he's going before us. And that's deeply satisfying to the human soul. Not only is God cleaning up the inner world of what we see and hear and refocusing us on new things as we surrender to him, but we're actually now participating with him. And that sense of purpose drives us forward. It gives us joy. And the Holy Spirit is there. He is our great teacher and he helps us. I just want to close on this idea for a minute because I reckon it's one of the great challenges we have in this time that we're living in. And and I'm a gold medalist in this. If I was to really put this out here, I'm, I'm putting this out there almost as a personal testimony of my own challenge that I've had in both walking this life and walking with God. And that's the whole idea of the overthinking mind. You know, one of our great challenges is that God has given us a wonderful mind to be able to meditate on him, to be able to hold the truths of God and let them roll around inside us so that we grow. We we learn by meditating. You know, this idea of meditating is this constant rolling over in our mind. It's, It's like a cow chewing its cud. And, uh, you know, they, they, they'll chew the cut and then swallow it into their stomach and then regurgitate it back up. Sorry, it's a terrible. If you're having breakfast right now, I'm so sorry. Or if you're having dinner, wherever you are, I'm sorry. But it comes back up and then they'll chew it again. Why? Because it's in that regurgitation and chewing that they get the best value out of that, that, that meal. And so it is with our meditation with God. The problem with that, though, is when that's turned against us, it's our mortal enemy. We start to overthink We start to create assumptions that are not true. We start to catastrophize our future. We imagine scenarios. We role play. We replay conversations. We look for nuances that maybe were never there. He said, she said, did I say, what was that all about? We create arguments and counter arguments in our head. And and now suddenly we've built these castles in our mind that become our prisons we live in. And God wants to help set us free from that. The devil knows this is our our capacity, so he feeds in one idea and then we turn a molehill into a mountain. And we do the work for him because our mind starts to overthink and overplay. But the Bible says to trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight. You know, I found one of the great ways to stop my overthinking mind in how to get away from leaning on my own understanding is to get outside of that thinking through worship. Our mind can't stop thinking something. We need to replace the way we're thinking with something else. And I found for me the pattern interrupt that helps me is the surrender that comes from worship from just literally stopping in the moment where I am and being conscious of who God is, being conscious of the truths of God, that I'm his son, he is my father, he is with me. No matter what's happened, no matter what is happening, no matter what is going to happen, He won't leave me or ever forsake me. And I, I get my mind to start to worship Him, not just in an abstract way, not just in a surface way, but I start to feel the sense that God is with me, that He loves me. And I try and connect again with the love that I have for Him too. And I let my affection rise to Him. And so rather than get involved in this never-ending cycle of unbelief and negative thinking, it starts to become now this helicopter that I get up and out of a thought process and allow God to start to move in my heart. But at first, I need to worship Him. I need to change the way I think. I need to bring Him in to my the way, in all of my ways, acknowledge Him. That word acknowledge is a wonderful word. It simply means know by experiencing. It's a Hebrew word called yodah. And it's know by experiencing. So I need to stop in the moment and know Him in the moment by experiencing His love. Because God's love will never fail. It will never stop. No matter what is happening, He will always be there. And I bring that in. It's a moment of worship. It's a moment of replacing one way of thinking with his way of thinking. Can I encourage us in this season of life? There's many things that could cause us to want to let our minds get on a track that is unhelpful or unhealthy, unprofitable and unfruitful for our future. But we need to come back to God. The James's word today, submit to God and resist the devil, is is gonna happen for us. We submit to God by allowing him into our lives again. As we do instantaneously, we are resisting the devil. We are pushing away the processes of thought that want to come and exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. Can I encourage you today, if that's your need today, God has an answer. God has a way for you to navigate out where you are into a place of freedom and wholeness. He is a good God. He is a faithful God. We're going to Take a bit of time to come around the table of the Lord in a minute now. And if you've got some emblems there you need to get together, please can I encourage you to do that right now. And I'm just going to pray in a minute and then Mark's going to come and just lead us in a time of worship. I encourage you to let the the words of this song, let the melody just wash over you. Take this time just to still your heart. Allow your heart to open itself to God. Be conscious of God. Let worship flow out of your heart as, as Mark sings this over us. Let me just pray. Father God, we thank you. Your word is true. God, you lead us forward. You help us to see you in circumstances that at times it seems very cloudy. You ask us to surrender to you, God, because you know that the safest place for us to be is with our hearts fully surrendered to you, our loves fully fixed on you, and our minds released in freedom to you. God, I pray for every person today, God, that you would bless them with that. You would help them. Holy Spirit, encourage us to be able to take that next step forward to find you in a deeper way, in a more meaningful way, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. the uh-huh. you to uh, take the emblems in your hand, the bread and the juice. And uh, we're going to pray together right now. Just if it's possible to close your eyes right now where you are and just turn your heart to the Lord. We're just going to remember him in this moment of worship. Father, we thank you for the emblems we hold in our hands. They remind us of the sacrifice of Jesus. They remind us of the great love of God who loved us so much that He sent His only begotten Son to die for us, to die in our place, to be our substitute, and to point the way, what it means to be a son or a daughter before the Father God in heaven. God, You've made a way for that to happen. Your blood has cleansed us from all sin, and Your body has taken on it the, the beatings and the scars of our sicknesses, Father God. And God, you you promise us a life and life eternal in you. God, you promise the kingdom of God for us to walk in today, but the kingdom of God that we will one day be in together with you. Father, we thank you for the promise of that. It gives us hope. God, it gives us a tomorrow that we can anchor our future to. And God, we praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I encourage you just to take of the juice and of the bread now together as a family. It's been a fantastic privilege to be in your homes today sharing the good news of Jesus. If you've never given your heart to Jesus today, can I encourage you to click on the prayer button that's right there on the screen. Someone's waiting to be able to talk with you about who Jesus is. If you've got some questions, simply ask the question. They'd be happy to answer that to the best of their ability. Or maybe you need more prayer. There's something going on in your life at the moment. And you'd really love someone to stand with you by faith. That prayer button is there to help that happen. Click on that and that person waiting at the other end would just love to be able to pray with you as you walk through this part of your life. Thanks for joining us today as part of Gateway Online. We look forward to gathering together at some point, but in the meantime, have a fantastic week. In Jesus' name. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If we can pray for you, or you would like to take a further step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to connect with you. Please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au and click on Get Connected to let us know.